Looking for a new uh, podcast to add to your repertoire? Well, we recommend you check out the Manifesta podcast, where host Portia Mount explores the career paths of ambitious women and how they charted their own unique path to success. In each episode, she talks to an inspiring woman about current issues that are affecting women in the workplace. Together, they cover a wide variety of topics, including allyship among women, diversity and inclusivity in the workplace, how to handle burnout and more. Listeners can expect to get thoughtful advice and hands on tips that translate to every industry. The Manifesta podcast is out to change the way we see work and what better time than now. There's no podcast quite like it. So check it out on whatever platform you get your podcast from. It gives more of. Uh, more of a feeling like you're running on the road because, you know, traditional treadmills, the deck is kind of bouncing up and down. And uh, that does reduce some impact. So some people like that, but it just feels awkward to me because that's not how running really feels when you're actually running outside on ground. So the Peloton just feels like it feels as close to road running as you're going to get, um, but it's still soft and forgiving. I mean, the slotted belts are nice. And then obviously like the, the screen is, I mean, it's a ridiculously nice screen. And the only really similar treadmills are like the Woodways. And to me, they're basically the same, but those are like 10 grand. So 4,500 is a pretty good price. And I mean, I felt like they were just as good. So I decided I I wanted to get a Peloton for myself because I'm like, I'm a professional runner. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 206. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Wowza. Why? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Everything. So I know that Peloton has had a a rough week, but I would at least like to offer them one little shining ray of gratitude for announcing their recall before we before we recorded that this was, week. That was kind of <laughs> like, them. That's, I don't think it so much had to do with us, though. I'm pretty sure it does I think, not. I think that yeah. it was uh, just, you know, a kind coincidence yes. uh, that really had more to do with the fact that their earnings call is tomorrow. I would tend to agree, yeah. but it did make our lives a, a smidge easier. Smidge. So, smidge. Um, so, yeah, so that's obviously going to get uh, a deep dive on. But uh, before we get to all that, here's just a little... Tooting of our own horn. Beep, beep. Is that a toot? That's more of a beep. Toot, toot. There we go. Oh, don't, don't toot on the podcast. <laughs> That's why I said beep, beep. I'm stuck in this room with you for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Look what happens. I went beep, beep, and you twisted it all around. I know. That's what I was banking on. Uh, so we won an award. We did. We won two awards, actually. Whoop, whoop. It's uh, the Communicator Awards, and uh, it's from, hang on, who's it from? It's... Uh, from the Academy of Interactive and Visual Arts, and we uh, we received an award of excellence in not one but two categories. So let's let's go over what the categories were. The categories were hosts. So although technically I think the categories just said host, so my guess is you won an award. Oh, and <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm, it was you. You're a lot I'm funnier your, than I am. I'm your Ed, Ed McMahon. That's what I <laughs> I think is going on. And uh, and it then, listed both of our names. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, and then we also won an award in uh, best individual 
episode. These are under podcasts, the podcast category, best individual episode in health and fitness for our Monica Ruiz episode. So, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah, that was uh, was very cool. So, uh, kind of excited about that. Yeah, so just thought we'd we'd share that. And now, thankfully, we will uh, do our best to stop Crystal from tooting for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, beep beep. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, beyond the tread recall. What do you have in store for people this week? Because there's lots. <laughs> there's lots. I mean, we're going to talk about the earnings call, which is going to be wrapped up within the tread. There's no way to to disentangle those two at this point. There isn't. And and full disclosure, we're recording most of the podcast tonight. We're going to record the other half after the earnings call tomorrow night. So yes. <laughs> it's going to be a little a little weird. Um, and then uh, we have to cover homecoming because. Sure. Despite the fact that this horrible craziness is occurring, like there was also this amazing weekend we have to cover. Yeah. Want to cover. Um, And then uh, we have our episode with Dr. Jen where she talks about how do you find the balance between too much exercise and too little exercise. Okay. Um, And uh, then we have MetPro. We're talking all about sugar cravings today. And then uh, tons of little things that were coming up in the news for Peloton and instructor news. And I think... Think that is all. Okay. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and uh, leave a review if you would be so kind, just to help the people that come along after you know that we're worth checking out. Uh, we have a new review. Yay! This is from Sarah eleven zero fifty five. And she says, okay. This podcast always brightens my day. Tom and Crystal are awesome and always have Fun and interesting info on all the new Peloton updates slash drops slash releases. I blame them for my most recent tonal purchase as well. <laughs> Congratulations, Sarah. <laughs> Always look forward to a new episode. And then the leaderboard name is Run for Chocolates. And it's Sarah from North Virginia. Ooh, me too. I run for chocolate. And too. Sarah, since you got a tonal, you can also check out the Superset, which is our yeah. podcast all about tonal. It's just like this, except we talk about tonal. Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind review, Sarah. That Abs- was really nice. Absolutely. And then also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group, sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com, where you'll get all the pictures and links and whatnot sent directly to your inbox and uh, you can also follow us on YouTube youtube.com slash the clip out where you can watch these episodes uh, in HD glory and uh, see what fancy nerd shirt I have on this week. <laughs> for the people that don't want to go to YouTube I'll tell you just this once it's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs so uh, there's all that let's dig in shall we we shall run lift and live with John Mills so joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is John Mills. Hey, John, how's it going? Doing great. How's it going? <laughs> it's been a weird it's, week, right? Yeah, there's some craziness yeah, going on. I mean, a little crazy, well, but you know, I mean, <laughs> some well, excitement, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that is, one that's one thing word. to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I guess let's jump right in and just talk about everything that's going on with the tread. We talked last week about uh, the fight with the CPSC. I guess we've been talking about that for a couple weeks. And yeah. then uh, Peloton did a 180. They did. And, uh, and decided to completely recall both versions 
of their tread but for two different reasons yes. so we've got the tread plus which we we already have talked about that's the one where we've got the safety issue where the There's, the horrible it, video of the child yeah. being sucked underneath There's been injuries and and a, and a death right. that yes. we're and, aware of yeah. and the injuries went up from a reported 39 to now we're at 70 injuries and one horrible right. death um and uh and then on the regular tread that is about the monitor that we talked about has been coming off, and that is due to the screws um, coming out of the console while running. No injuries reported, so this is more right. of like preemptive, like and a manufacturing issue, like quality it, control. More, I won't than- even. Say, I think it's like they didn't. I think the way that they it's connected. I I don't even want to say it's quality. It's it's more like not taking into consideration how much like slamming somebody's going to do on that tread. Yeah. You know, but at any rate, they're going to preemptively fix that. That's no one's been injured. So right. I, I think that that is uh, their attempt to get along well with the CPSC, given how things right. <laughs> went down the first time. <laughs> yes. So that's where we are. And then like from a numbers perspective, we know that there's 125,000 of the Tread Plus. We know that there's approximately 5,000, maybe 5,400 of the I, Treads out there. The Washington Post reported this morning that there's like a little over 5,000 Treads out there. And I think only a thousand of them are in America. And the rest seem to be primarily in Canada. In UK, in UK, in the UK, because okay, yeah. they rolled out in the UK and Canada before they rolled out. They've only, they're only in select markets in the US. Yeah. Okay, right. so just to give everybody the rundown, and John, jump in. I know I'm no just kind of giving pun intended. <laughs> oh, jeez, that the was the rundown. Oh, jeez, I love that. <laughs> no, <laughs> is if, that what we're going to call it? The rundown. <laughs> if they had made a tread first, that might have been the name of the clip out. The rundown. <laughs> The rundown. I like okay. it. <laughs> we get sued by the rock. <laughs> so uh, both treads are completely taken off the market, um, and right. they're they're holding uh, they're holding them until repairs are done. Um, and the software is going to that's going to be rolled out. There's going to be a change where an access code is put into your tread. It completely shuts off after 45 seconds of non-use. It is locked and there will be an access code that you're not supposed to give anybody the code to. And then... So don't write it on a post-it note and put it on your computer screen. Right. Which I'll probably do anyway. (laughs) I I shouldn't do that. No, you should not do that. Uh, And then I think that access code is going to eventually be on the tread and the tread plus. I don't actually know that. I know it's directed for the tread plus right now. And then there's going to be a hardware change to the tread plus as well they're expecting to do some kind of add-on to the back which basically i mean i'm envisioning they haven't designed it yet but i'm envisioning it's going to look like the stuff we've already talked about which is those pieces that fit on there but obviously they're going to try to avoid any kind of pinch points so let's see am i missing anything from like a covering well i think you we should probably talk about like how the the recall works if you want to get rid of your tread okay so you've got three options one you can get a full refund and you have up until november of 2022 no that's not a typo 2022 yeah and also though we should point out that that refund does not include tax delivery or your warranty. That is correct. Your extended right. warranty. Yes. Um, and right. then you also can choose to have Peloton come to your home free of charge and they will move it into a room that is more secure. So you can do that. You also can choose to do nothing and wait for this hardware repair to occur and then they will put it on. Now, 
in the meantime, they're saying don't use it. So so they're saying, okay, now you also get a 90 day free waiver. So so they're giving everybody three free months proactively. Proactively. You don't have to do anything. Right. If you have a tread plus, you just it's get just it. gonna happen. Yeah. Um and then Crystal uh, immediately rolled it into leggings. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Well that's I mean it's that's $120. It's a pair of leggings. Oh, like, who are we kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's one pair, guys. <laughs> I saw the email during the call today yes. that laid out some of this stuff we're yes. talking about. Yes. But I wasn't oh, sure if some of those items had been delivered prior. Some of but those. I, I kind of knew, like for, I, I knew about the three months, but I'm not sure how I knew that. If like, it was just word it, of mouth. It came, it came out yesterday in dribs and drabs. So I think right. that you were getting that information via screenshots from people right. talking to customer service reps. So some customer That's service right. reps were putting that out in the world yesterday. I had the same problem. I'm like, I know I saw right. this right. yesterday, but I, I don't know where. I saw where. it somewhere, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't know where. And then I got the email today and I'm like, oh. Dude. Okay. And now, you know, on the email right. list of that size too, like they could have started sending that out this morning. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I have. Right. I think they waited till the earnings call. Th- that I, could I, be. I, I think, think so. that they started sending it out but, during the earnings call. Yeah. And even then it's going to take a while. I mean, I have an email list with a hundred thousand people on it and it can take 15, 20 minutes to go through that. And I'm sure sure there's right. larger yes apparently it's millions yeah um because they said today that they're up to five five point four million users 5. i think four okay right. so uh yeah it's substantial yes it's gonna take yeah. a little bit it's gonna take a minute Whew. okay so lots people, of stuff yeah people freaking out um you know there was yes. a lot of negativity this week sure um a lot of know. schadenfreude yeah, uh, there's a there's a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it did not help matters that for whatever reason, Peloton removed the names of all of the tread instructors. Yeah, like that caused freaking panic. I like, think there's legit some, panic. I think there's some <laughs> sort of way on their website to when they post things in the background, they tag it. This is tread related. This is bike related. This is yoga related. And they were like, pull all the tread stuff. And, and, they that, went, and when they were like, OK, delete tread. And it deleted all the instructors who were tread only mm-hmm. because right. you could still see like Matt Wilpers who's bike and tread like you could you know and and other people I yes, don't know but yes. you know but who do both I think like the, right I think the combination like the all the in totality like yeah that that small error or however that occurred or the dribs and drabs of the information with regards to the three months the messaging of how CPSC I probably I'm sure worded with them to say you should not use your treadmill mm-hmm. to go along with that. Mm-hmm. But then classes are still kind of going. I think all of it is, was kind of confusing. Like it needed like some type of clear kind of synopsis or like something totally. that just told the community exactly what it is. And no the, doubt. The, and, but they're in a weird that existed. They're in a weird spot in that that like on the one hand, it's kind of bad optics to say, don't use your tread. But we still have tread classes mm-hmm. on the flip right. side of that flip side. There are lots of people who are using that content on a non-Peloton tread. And if there's no That's content right. being produced, then yeah, I'm going to send it back. Otherwise, it's just a right. ginormous right. paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> 500 pounds worth yeah. of paperweight. Yeah. It's ginormous. I don't so, have that much paper. No, neither. Neither, <laughs> John. printing company. Believe it or not, I do have that much paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's your comic books, honey. <laughs> um, okay, but but like... 
I don't know that they could come out with a response faster than that. Like, I don't know how everything went down, but we know that there's all these lawsuits against them. So there might be hands tied about what they can say and when they can say it. And the CPSC might have been able been like, hey, because y'all did this last time, we want to okay everything before you send it out. I mean, who knows? Who knows what was out there? And then they knew the earnings call was today. So I don't think that helped. But regardless, was it the best call to have all that happen without any clear direction? No, that was not right. the best. Not the and best. That, I was, I was, I was pretty critical of that, and <laughs> really not. I heard a lot of folks that yeah, they were kind of concerned from a content, yes, and an instructor. That really wasn't. My concern is more <laughs> is more financial, right? Because like, you're I, thinking I was like an investor. With, yeah, what is this going to mean from the companies, how they're perceived in the marketplace? Yeah. What is all this confusion going to say? Yeah. Right. And, and and I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I think that it takes a little bit of the confidence away when it's like it it came across as chaos. I heard... I heard stories, I don't know if they're true, but I heard stories that employees found out via the CNBC article. Like, that's that's not cool. But, like, I feel like somebody missed the boat on timing. Like, I think it was like... They needed some crisis management. They needed some crisis management. And which is weird because they have an artist collaboration with Shonda Rhimes. Just have her call Olivia Pope for you. And then it's all going to be fixed. And then everything will be okay. It'll be fine. And then you shouldn't need me to tell you to call fictional (laughs) characters to help you. You know? So it's interesting because after the information today on the earnings call, along with how John Foley and his talent as an order and how he's a leader and how he delivers the message, along with the email, oh, everything's all clear now. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we but don't just like, need to like, wait. We yeah. just need to wait 25, 24 hours. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like after right. a horrible tragedy occurs in the news and everybody kind of rushes to one opinion or the yeah. other. A all very... the pundits are pundit team. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's right. what happened yesterday. And I feel like I was the person going, can we just right wait a second? Everybody <laughs> wait a second. Just to God damn minute. <laughs> so here's my question. Is I'm curious now that we've laid out all that. Here's what okay, you can okay. do to get yep. rid of the yep. death machine in your basement. Hey, hey, hey! I'm right, right. Speak using hyperbole. Well, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind but, of, yeah. But but you know, like it's it's got teeth now. Okay. You know, is anybody gonna do it? Like, do you think no. very many people are really gonna do it? No. I, I people who no. already weren't happy for whatever right. reason, those this are going the, back. This is their get out I of jail think free it's card. Awesome for someone who purchased it. And then they weren't really using it. And yeah. they're going, you know what I'm going to do? And then they, I just fell out of the sky, a solution. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, who, who else benefits from this? Somebody who had it delivered and was like, you know, I don't really know that I like it in that room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move it over here. Yeah. Like, I had thought of that, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm, my dog won't stay away from it. I got to, yeah. My daughter's in this room all the time. Yeah. Gotta go over upstairs. Sure your daughter's 35 years old. She, she's not right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I, yeah. So it's, I, I, I don't think very many people are, are going to take advantage of it. I think most people that have it like it. And I think right. most people know that. That there's an inherent risk with with any product of this nature, right? And I think there will be some that are like, okay, you brought this to my attention, and they and they'll they'll send it back, or like we were talking about people that are just like, I didn't use it like I thought I was going to, but in the grand scheme of things, I think the damage to Peloton here is more reputational than financial, 
long term because because there's just not that many treads out there compared to bikes. The hundred and twenty five thousand is nothing. I, How many bikes are right. out there, John? Do you know? I don't know. I just know totals of connected fitness subscribers, but yeah. I don't know how many the breakout. It's I, it's a shit know. ton. I mean, it's right. a whole bunch yeah. compared to 125,000. So I it is a small number. And then it's only going to be a small number of those that return. Right. You know? and, right. And, and a lot of those uh, people that have treads also have bikes. Right. And so like so, so they might be returning a product, but they're not necessarily but the subscription. Right. They're not necessarily right. losing a customer. And then right. they might turn around and repurchase a tread. When right. they push out a new one with modifications like yeah. that, that could very well occur, too. So, like, I I don't right. know that the damage financially is 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 all that awful. I, yeah, I just want to I want to clarify because I started to talk about this and then I went another way and I am going to get an email about it. So I just want to clarify all the instructors are back on the website now and they're fine. They didn't go anywhere because yeah. somebody right. is going to be like they're all on the website now. Right. I know they're back yeah. up today. That's my point. It was right. a mistake. Yeah. Um, right. And and your point, your point, Tom, that that's always been my concern. And it still is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reputational. Yeah. Like my my, my my statements are all about that. It, it, it was never really about like the instructors or whether they're going to be there or not or whether or not they're going to do content or not. It's just the confusion and the and and the issues and what that's going to do from a reputational perspective. To Peloton, and that's still my that's still a concern in the back of my head. Yeah, like, how lo- is that going to play out? Totally, and a lot of it's going to come down to how what they do over the next few months, and and how right. how they respond. Right. And I mean, I have to say, not off to a good start. Well, but, yesterday but, was rough, but yeah. the steps they have taken. So I would are say good. the last like three weeks are rough when they kind of tried oh, to no, stand up fair. to the CB- CPSC yeah. and then kind of had to walk that back. And, right. and no, then they didn't ha- kind of have their ducks in a row ready for an announcement when they did walk it back. So it's like I just think it's not something they were prepared to handle big picture. You know, no, that right. that's true. And and John, I know you and I have talked and maybe you and Tom have, too, because I know we all have our own little conversations <laughs> going. But um, it's like part of it is the, the perception that like they didn't foresee what was going to happen when they they took this kind of crabby stance with the cpsc and i and i think that leads to what you're talking about right john that's like that's part of what you're concerned about with this like reputation thing but at the end of the day companies have this issue all the time don't you guys think this is just gonna go i mean assuming everything is above board going forward i think that it's it's gonna be fine it's a blip here here's what i think a lot of people are unaware of especially the people the schadenfreude types that we're talking about Companies have recalls all the time, all the time. There's not a major corporation you deal with that doesn't have a recall Mm -hmm. in process. And and there's also not a major corporation you deal with who hasn't inadvertently caused someone's death. I mean, and and I mean, that's a dark thing to say, but but it's yeah, but it's but when you're putting out. Millions of products and some of these companies have been around for a hundred years like it's right. It's just going to happen like there's going to be because a, weird a, accidents there's happen. Gonna, right. There's right. going to be a TV that fell off a dresser and hit a kid or there's going to be right. a stove door that fell down and somebody got burned or there's going to be somebody who got locked in a fridge. We all remember the Punky Brewster episode. And <laughs> and so like it's do we talk? <laughs> you don't remember the Punky Brewster refrigerator episode? No, but let's not go down. We, we have okay. to keep this tight. But, but uh <laughs> Google it. It's a thing. 
but we'll uh, revisit next week. But uh, but I, so I mean, but are you gonna? Are you like, well, that's it. I'm never. I'm storing all my food on ice. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> no, that's my a good point. Thing, yeah, my thing was, but it was not. Well, not only the response. It's like the combination of that. There was the issue, mm-hmm. the response. The acknowledgement of another issue with a different product, and then the chaos relative to the second risk. Like it's a series of things. Yeah, it is a series and of I things. And I think in general, it it you know, you could align all this type of stuff to like any company. I think a lot of us had come to a place where you know, well, I I know I had for a while that you know you kind of saw Peloton in this place and in how they speak about themselves mm-hmm. of being ahead of the curve and and being so f- forward with their technology thinking and creative and 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 they had been so successful with this plight for so long so even though these series of things maybe they're common across other industries or other companies but it this series of things here i mean that looked like a new thing to me that gave me concern Oh, I was just saying, just because you're good in one area doesn't mean you're good in another area. And like you see this a lot. Right. And right. and so, I mean, I think this is where crisis management teams come in handy and they, they can right. hold your hand and create a, a plan for you. You know, it reminds here. Here's the thing. There's stuff that's happening in the background that we can't possibly know, you know, right. and, and it's like it leads to it. I agree with what you're saying, John. I totally agree. Yeah. It's it's all those things strung together. So I don't right. want anyone to think that I'm like brushing that aside because the chaos that happened yesterday, it was chaos. It, it was right. it, it, and that was kind of the tipping point for a lot of people. The and, and that's why we got the response that we got. But their original response to the CPSC, like when you go back and you reread the original letter that came out, it kind of has this feel to it like. They want us to give these names and we're taking a stance that we're not. And because of that, we have to they're going to they're going to recall it. If that's what happened, if something like that is what's happening, the CPSC really that's that's not doing the right thing for the right reason. That's throwing your weight around, you know, and and I can understand from a personal standpoint wanting to stand up to that. I can see being like, I'm not allowing this to happen, you know, full stop. And then realizing there's all these things that you couldn't see around the corner because how many of us deal with congressmen every day you right. know and and like there's people oh i'm sorry and they and you're right i'm the feminist here <laughs> oh my god um so it's like you want to do the right thing and if they're trying to do the right thing then it's right. difficult to anticipate what what other fallout and what other levers these people can pull you know what i'm saying and I can, yeah. yeah and that's the thing i can appreciate their original response it sounds like something like i would do right <laughs> <laughs> like it's your, your baby your thing yeah. exactly you're like, trying to take it away right. and i'd be like what you know <laughs> and john's like and that's you? why that's why i don't run a, a billion dollar company. i didn't hear nothing you said but you need to leave immediately yeah. like i would be like that right? I can, you can kind of you. appreciate that yeah. right i also really appreciate the second response. Yes. Like, yes. The, the humility in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of the direct acknowledgement in it. I, to me, I, that I could truly appreciate. I thought that was the right way to play this. That, I, I agree. So I give them kudos for that. That to me was the right thing to do. You're right. 
you're right. And it takes a it takes a big person to be able to stand there and say that and say it without a trace of um I want to punch somebody. Snarkiness yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's hard. Right. That's I could hard. Do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of crow to eat. <laughs> it is. Right. But so I, I, they get I paid well to do it. That. That's true. <laughs> and and so to both of your points, yes, crisis management would have been able to point these yeah. things out from the and, beginning. And I do think that it's like we were saying earlier about people just not they're good in one area. It's, I mean, it's a thing in, in psychology and behavioral economics, the Dunning Kruger effect, which is if you have a low ability to task, you tend to overestimate your ability at being able to do it, especially if you're good in one area. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It, and so and, and Peloton is full of people. Who are really good at what they do Right and right. and now they were given This other task unexpectedly And you don't know What you don't know That That's yeah. always a difficult right. Thing yeah. to wrap your head around you know Well yeah. having said all That they talked in the earnings call today That you know they're doing this 90 days For free for people uh, They're ex- they're obviously accepting these returns they have budgeted 50 million dollars for returns which yep. if you're counting is approximately 10 percent yeah. of what's out there um and uh that's that's what's probably going to be the end of it in my opinion what other highlights did did you catch from the earnings call like to me it was a lot about oh, the tread <laughs> i thought that well going in to, okay so i i read Guidance. their shareholder letter oh, yeah, yeah, prior yeah. to the call so that came out like an hour before I read the shareholder letter and it was very interesting that in the shareholder letter, they don't, they talked literally nothing about the tread. Really? There were like maybe three references to even the word tread in the entire shareholder. Letter. That is interesting. <laughs> um, they didn't talk about the issue with the tread, no issue, no issue conversation. And they gave no forward looking guidance in the shareholder letter. And so when I read that, I thought, Oh, this is how is this going to go? Because anybody looking at that is going to think they're kind of avoiding something. And immediately I looked after market and the stock was dipping. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like it closed at 83. <laughs> and by the time I'm looking at the shareholder letter, it was down to 78. Ooh. Right. So so it was moving. When the actual call started, it was all good stuff. Right. The numbers were great. Exactly. I mean, there was a beat in revenue. Revenue was uh, one point two billion for the quarter. Yes. Subscribers were they was a Way beat up. there with connected fitness subscribers, so they mm-hmm. were up to two million subscribers, and that was more than the the expected was. Um, they took a loss, but that was expected mm-hmm. a, a loss of somewhere around eight million for the quarter, and I think the expectation was somewhere around thirty million in loss. So they beat that. Um, the number of members were up from four point four to five point four, so they gained a million members in the quarter. I mean, it was like to me, it was just like all great stuff. It was all good. So while I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, okay. Well, and then they gave a guidance. Yeah. So even though it wasn't in the shareholder letter, they gave the guidance. And not only did they give the guidance as they're explaining their guidance, which is, a, is lower um, than this quarter, um, but we're going into their 2021 Q4. And Q4 and the following year's Q1 is normally the, the, the slow season. It's during the summer. So revenue is going to go down during that quarter, the upcoming quarter. I think their guidance was somewhere around 900 million for Q4 mm-hmm. and 
last Q4 in 2020, it was 600 million. So you're still, there's still an improvement, even with the lower guidance. They gave estimates on what it was going to cost them from a connected fitness hardware perspective to do all of the the recalls. And it was somewhere, I don't know, 160 million or something. Yeah, I was thinking 150. It was right about there. Yeah. And you build that into the equation, and you're like, okay, well, that's not that bad. And then it was like 10 million for the, the uh, subscription loss, and you're right. like, mm, that's not that bad either. And then they started talking about the fix for the tread, and they're expecting that'll be ready by what July. Yeah. So okay, they were planning to go live on May 27th. So I don't know, maybe you're delayed for two months. So yeah, it's not, not that, that bad. Deal. <laughs> like, right? like as you're like listening to it, I'm going, that's not. Well, that's pretty good. And then you know. Well, the way John Foley speaks, you're yes. just feeling real comfortable. You'd be like, go ahead, John. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, it makes you feel a little better about it, right? So that's how it was playing out as I was listening to it. Then they talked about, they didn't really give us a lot of information with regards to when we were going to get the, the correction plus. for the Tread Plus. Yeah. But what I found interesting about that conversation was John Foley talked about how no matter what they come up with for the correction for the Tread or Tread Plus, they got a six to eight week period for the CPSC to approve whatever it is they do Mm -hmm. and which may even be a little bit longer. So it feels like they baked that into the tread being corrected by July, but they're not quite clear with the tread plus because they don't, they're still developing this hardware solution. Yeah. So they don't quite know, but even though I'm going, but there's going to be a hardware solution and we got a kind of an idea on the timing of, okay, maybe it takes two months for them to build something, get it into manufacturing. And then you add another month or two on top of that. Okay, four months from now, maybe five months. Yeah, like everything just started to feel like. Oh, this okay, isn't that bad. Well, maybe it really, a year from now, we're just back to the same thing. Well, yeah. it really kind of makes you wonder, like when when you f- see it through that prism, what were you really fighting about in the first place? Yeah, that that's a good point. Right, that's you know? a really good point, Tom. I mean, because because companies, right. like I said, companies have this these issues all the time, where it's like, oh, the, you know. I had a Battlestar Galactica toy that got recalled when I was a kid because you shot shot a little rocket and some kid choked on it, oh. right? right? So, I mean, right. you know, your mom sends it back and you're like, but that's a collector's item now. And <laughs> and it is. It could, it could, I but, bet. But, um, but, but I mean, I, nobody was like, I'm never buying a Mattel toy again or Kenner or whoever made it. <sighs> right. So, I, you know. I, but, I, I, but the people that are being the loudest... <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel like those are the people that already had issues. With, with, well, yeah, I mean, they're they're already mad. And yeah. like, I'm not and I'm not saying they don't have reasons to be mad. Yeah. I'm not saying that like they're it's legitimate to feel how you feel. And if you haven't had the best experience, I don't blame you for being upset. But like the panic button for the average person was like a four and the panic people right. for those people was like a 10. I don't and, and I don't feel like it was panic as much as it was joy yes they, i mean i'm know. being nice yes yeah. tom yes I mean, that's that why is I keep what saying it is schadenfreude like if my wife if my ex-wife got struck by lightning i would i'd be like well that's that seems <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> that <adds> up. Yeah. <laughs> I played out like i expected yeah i'm surprised it wasn't a little sooner but uh <laughs> it's funny like i was watching the market while my you know my mind was kind of processing this I'm watching the market. So like I said, it starts at 83. Then it's the aftermarket and it, it starts to dip to 78 as John Foley's given the statement about, okay, this is what happened. We made the wrong move. 
Now we got a better statement. You know, he's saying his whole thing and it drops 78. And then after you listen to it, I'm watching it and it starts going Go like right back up. And by the time I got off the phone, it was like at 87, 88. Yeah. Like, because everybody I think was, the market was reacting in the same way. I, I think I was. Yeah. You're, like your, your right? mental feelings, everybody my, else was. My, my mental process <laughs> seemed like it was like, you know, it was just like riding the wave of the market. <laughs> like, right. It was crazy. <sighs> but yeah, it, I, I thought that the call for me, I thought the call was um, extreme. And then in the middle of the call, I get the email with all this clarity. Right. Like, so I'm going this through this wave of going back up and I get an email that goes, <laughs> you know what, John? And here's everything laid out for you. That's exactly exactly what's going to happen. Have a nice day. So, you know, <laughs> thanks, John Foley. Like he's, he was in my email and on my computer. <laughs> You know what I mean? And now you feel better. Right. And I felt better. And then <laughs> and then you texted me and said, we're about to record. And I was like, you know what? This is a great day. <laughs> you, know? you put your grandpa's shark shirt on and you felt all better. <laughs> I went upstairs to get my, my grandpa's shark shirt. I didn't even iron it. I just felt so good. I just threw it on. <laughs> oh, but yeah, uh. I think it went good. I thought the I thought the I thought the earnings call was extremely helpful. You know, during the call, one of the analysts asked the question that we were talking about earlier about the, their perception in the market. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. Like, how's Very that direct gonna... about it. He was very and direct. I, and I thought, you know, this has gone so well. I'm like, well, what'd you ask that for? I know. Because <laughs> he's an investor. Because he's an investor. He wants to make sure they got a good answer. He was he was one of those people in the OPP at a 10 yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that was who he was. He just came out with it. Well, how are you going to get back the confidence of the, of the community? Yeah, he's and, like, come um, on, John. <laughs> right. And then John Foley did his, you know, his, you know, leadership kind of order kind of person thing. And he just really casually and confidently kind of answered that question. Like, he yeah, did. we're going to, you know, it's going to be challenging and we're going to have to the hum- humility. Yep. Yeah. It just, uh, it, at the end of the day, people, it was all good. people still want the instructors and that right. like that, that's ultimately the brand is the quality of the instructors. And, but I, I think, I think John's saying, I think John Foley saying we need to earn trust back sure. to, to John's right. point. Yeah. That was like the humility there. And, and, right. and right. that's true. But I, I just don't think that there's going to be this mass exodus because people still want to take an Ali love ride or a Jen Sherman ride or, an, you know, an Alex Toussaint ride. Like they, they don't want to give those up. And in the grand scheme of things, most people are unaffected. Most people are on their bike looking over at this tread story going, oh, how about that? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, if there was going to be some I never expected to be a big effect of people returning all these things. Yeah. But even if there was going there was going to be something grander than I thought, anybody who listened to that, I think that would have limited that a little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because. It just it, it feels like based on the numbers and the guidance and the information now that you have. I mean, we recognize that they, they've got a challenge with regards to kind of regaining confidence in sure. some scenarios and, and maybe fi- fixing how they react to crisis, as we were talking about earlier. But it feels now more like a bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That six months to a year from now, we just, it's just we're not even going to be talking about it. Right. We won't even gonna, be talking about it. It'll be like right. in the history book, a little tiny footnote in right. the Peloton history book right. for us nerds. Little tiny footnote. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I found real interesting is twenty percent conversion from digital to connected fitness. You know what I found interesting what? was what? what did they say a hundred? Oh, a hundred and seventy-one workouts per person. It was like it was. It was like twenty-six a month. 
Yeah, so the like average user the is average like, user is using it almost every day. Yeah. Right. The average user is using it every and, day. And that's up from 18 last year. Yeah. Like it's gone up that much in a year. And and like no other workout platform on the planet ever has yeah. had those kind of numbers. Ever. But but put that into perspective. Like, well, first of all, I must not be the average user because I ain't using it. That, but I am using a good four or five, six, five days a week. Well, but, that, that you're probably but, real close to that number then. Yeah, honestly. You're probably really close to that. You're probably right. But put it in that in perspective. It's not only for me, you know, 20, 25 usages a, a, a month. But that's after five years in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're talking about year one. Right. Okay, yeah. You'd be like, all right. But this is five years in. That's a great point. Yeah. It's a great and point. Like, those numbers are some impressive stuff. And those numbers are probably also inflated. Sounds like it's a, like it's not true or they're gilding the lily. But with yoga and, and, and meditation. Right. And now they have 20 minute sure. rides. So people stack rides and they stack strength. And, and yes, right. the purists out there can't stand it. But, but, like, <laughs> but they're saying but they're counting days. So any one thing. No, no, no. Count. They counted workouts. That was workouts. workouts. Oh, OK. So, yep. you know, gotcha. you could do three workouts in a okay. day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could do right. a, a cool down, a ride and a meditation. Exactly. And that's three. Gotcha. Right. OK. Yeah. So, but, uh, well, anyway, Jen, thank you so much for joining us, uh, to drill down on uh, all this. Cause there's a lot, uh, until next time, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook and my run, lift and live page or my run, lift and live group. They can find me on Instagram, run, lift and live or at run, lift and Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Nice seeing you guys. <laughs> you too. Bye. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right. Because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? (laughs) Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each, so nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away $100 or more on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say, that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to Gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at Gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Bye. Homecoming update. So another homecoming has come to a close. It has. It has home come to a close. It has. Yes. Bitter, bittersweet. Uh, it, it was not the same. Oh, my God. Do I miss being in person? And that's not Peloton's fault. Sure. I think uh, I think that they did a great job making it a virtual event and making it fun. I know last year there was lots of feedback that was less than positive. And yeah. I, that they had to throw that together at the last minute. Yeah. And these things, there's a lot of moving parts on things like this. And I think this year's uh, for being virtual, it's still not as fun as being there in person. But. Realistically, not everybody could be there in person anyway. No, that's that's certainly true. So, I, I mean, I think that this was a giant leap forward from last year's person. I, I definitely agree. You know, it's never going to be the same for me because I I love those events so much. I love getting to see the people. It really energizes me. Yeah. It makes me come back and have renewed vigor for the podcast. And so, you know, that's been two years without mm-hmm. it. I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, regardless... Homecoming, uh, I thought they did a great job. And as far as I think everybody kind of knows all the new features now, but just in case, I'll do a quick overview. All the features that drop with John Foley's big address last week, they had scenic rides and runs. They completely changed them up. So they took all of the ones that were on the tread and the bike and they chucked them and then they started over from scratch and now they have it broken down into guided distance and time-based the big thing is is that these are no longer available on the app their rationale is hey we are now using the metrics from the machine Mm -hmm. and we weren't before so therefore you can't get it on the app anymore I don't know. There's people that don't think that that's really true. They don't. I mean, that they think that there's ways they could have walked around it. They, I mean, they could sure. have. They could have offered both, but they don't want to offer both. Right. They want this to be a better feature. And there's also a lot of people that say, "Well, so much is available on the app. Why am I paying more for my subscription when I also bought?" A major piece of equipment and the people that didn't get it for 15 bucks. But on the other hand, then you have people that say, but I I have the bike. I am paying the higher price and I don't have a tread. So now I can't get it there. Either. Right. And so um, but I mean, you didn't you didn't buy the piece of equipment that goes with it, you know, so you. That's it's just a better best kind of thing. Yeah, it is what it is, whether, you know, people agree with it or not. But as far as the actual scenic rides, they're really the scenic rides and runs are really cool. The ones that are guided by the instructor, mm-hmm. they're very short because obviously this is their very first offering. Right. But it's it's great to have the instructor talking to you the entire time. Like they're they're telling you where to go. They're like telling you how fast to go. It's basically like class. But you see them outside running and it feels like they're running with you. Uh, The ones that uh, change the speed as you go faster or slower, I think it'll get better with time, but I didn't really feel like I noticed a huge difference. Maybe I just don't go fast enough to notice a huge (laughs) difference. I don't know. That did not impress me as much, but um, I think it's a cool feature and I think that it's necessary for them to have. And then as far as the the time-based, I mean, it's just, the downside of that is that it seems to loop like it's kind of a short window of gotcha. 
scenery mm-hmm. and it's on a loop. It's like the background in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, this this not having them on the app, though, people are really, really mad. Also, there's a lot of classes that were only available outdoors. Mm-hmm. So let me just re- re-go with this next feature, which is called Programs 2.0. Mm-hmm. So they had all these programs that were like, you know, Road to the 5K or, you know, Power Zone, Getting Started, that kind of thing. Well, they added new ones and they refreshed everything that existed. So the good thing is now they're not just like, hey, here's a collection of classes. Take them whenevs because that's what it was before. Now it's like we recommend you take them on these days. We recommend you take this many classes a week and they don't let you progress until you finish those classes in a given week. Yeah. But (laughs) downside is um, they had all these outdoor classes that you could take, right? Especially for the the running. There weren't that many outdoor classes that were long to begin with. Now they're locked up within the marathon program. You can't get them unless you're in the program. Ah. And you can only access them one at a time. Like you don't get to go to the next one until you've completed the first one. Gotcha. You can look ahead to see what the classes are. You can get an idea. But um, yeah, so that's the downside. Then again, it makes for a more cohesive experience right. that's actually prescriptive mm-hmm. rather than just do whatever you want. And yeah. so, I don't know, you can't have both, I guess, at least at the moment. Uh, then you have Strive Score, which was announced, and uh, that's a personal score to track your fitness. Okay, so just for people who may not have watched all of the things, I just want to reiterate here, you are not supposed to use that score to like go higher and higher and higher. The idea is that you, you take it class to class to class, and you... Should, in theory, if your heart is getting healthier, you should be able to do a higher output and keep your strive score exactly the same or lowering. So your heart should work less while you're going harder. Okay. More output equals less strive score is what you want. Okay. So there are people that do not understand that and they are not going to use it correctly. So just putting that out there. And then uh, you can hear all the details from actual doctors and stuff telling you that if right. you go to the health and wellness council panel and you listen to it, which is up, I believe, until the end of the day this coming Saturday. Okay. Um, okay. So then. And we, that would be Saturday, May 8th. So for people that listen to this later, they know yes, what that is. Yes. So thank you for clarifying. And then uh, the the other thing that they did is they had the. One of the panels was all of these different champions that they had, like mm-hmm. um, Usain Bolt was one of them. And then the cool thing about that is that Usain Bolt was then on the ride to greatness. He was on the leaderboard. A new little detail with that, he was on there as a special guest. So you could see, like it didn't show you his actual leaderboard name. It said special guest and then it said Usain Bolt. So people could follow along and you could filter just on him to see how you compare oh, with cool. freaking Usain Bolt. I mean, the fastest man in the world. Yes. Um, when he runs, not necessarily right. on the bike. Is he still? Like, I'm not being shitty. I think shitty. so, I don't, but I, mean, I could be wrong. You can only hold that for so long. You know, Someone that, will be faster, that guy you get older, that but... broke a record this year might now be. Yeah. I don't know. But he's still... Like, he's in the top five. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, I don't, don't know. be dogging on you. No, I'm just... I know nothing about sports, and I was like... And I do kind of know that name, and so I'm like... By the time I know the name, it's like... It's is Metal Arc Lemon still the greatest basketball player of all time? Like, I don't know. No. No, right? No. Like that's. I don't even know who that is. He's one of the Harlem Globe. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty cool that they did that. Also, they announced they were gonna, they're going to be putting out the pause button later this year. <sighs> I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. So many are happy. So many are not. Yeah. I don't really care. They're like, oh, the leaderboard. Like, I don't understand. Are there? Is there like a like a side? 
betting pool on the leaderboard that I'm not familiar with? Like, why is anybody that invested in it? I don't know. I mean, to me, it's not about the leaderboard. It's just about that, like, give yourself 30 minutes. I mean, if you can't just... I don't know. To me, if I have to hop off the bike and grab something, I hopped off the bike and grabbed right. something. I don't need to pause my ride. And like, I get that. But like at the same time, like if it's then then don't hit the pause button. What do you care? It, right. But, yeah. but people don't want one. They want it to be. They want they want our rides to be the same. And it's like it's not a 30 minute ride if you pause it for 15 minutes. But we don't even know what the parameters are going to be. Right. Are they going to let you pause it for a certain amount of time? Is it going to be forever? These are things we don't know. Plus, Tom, people just don't deal well with change. Have no. you not noticed that? They, yeah. Do you remember the complaints we got when we changed our, our sweepers? sweepers? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> you try to do something nice for people. I know. <laughs> but like, seriously, you can't please everybody. No. I, I'm, I'm teasing you guys who complained. Like, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, some of the other there were lots of other panels. I'm not going to go into all of them. I do want to mention that the homecoming member meets were kind of, in my opinion, the breakout surprise hit this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were really scared of them. They weren't sure what to think, you yeah. know, especially for those of us who are a little like shy. But, uh, you know, people had a ton of fun and it was only two minutes. You yeah. could extend, but you didn't have to. You didn't so have to. you could just be like, Oop. I'm done. And uh, I have to give a special shout out to Adam, who uh, he <laughs> he had everyone he met on the member meets, do 10 burpees with him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in our clubhouse over the weekend, he he claims and and he was very confident that he had over a 90% success rate. And he rate. kept track. Like he, he did. Had, he had an exact tally of like, he did 45 of them and he had at what, yeah, I mean, he had, I mean, he had real numbers. I'm making up numbers. Yeah. But like, he had clearly kept a tally or he's a really good liar. At the end of the day on Sunday, <laughs> he had over a thousand burpees from yeah. the weekend. So like, I, I mean, my hat's off to him. Yeah. I thought that was really cool and a really creative way although i'm glad i didn't come up against adam because i would have declined i would have been one of his like negatives no i would have just literally burped (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah well your son brian would be like yeah you would (laughs) that's an inside joke i thought it was uh really cool that in the member meets that they would like there were surprise appearances from instructors and people got matched with instructors i thought that was really cool that's a really good point um i know that several people were like really blown away whenever they had the instructors show up i don't know if all the instructors did it or just some i know that i heard that ali love did it and dennis morton did it and um uh kristen mcgee i know there were several but i don't know if it was everybody right some of the other panels, Usher and Ali Love, they talked through kind of like how fitness and dance and music kind of all come together. Mm-hmm. But also at the end of it, they announced that there is going to be a cardio dance class with Usher. That was the big takeaway from ah. that. Um, and then uh, I already talked about the Health and Wellness Council, the mom panel. The big takeaway in that one was talking about mom guilt. And it's nice to know that even our instructors, <laughs> they suffer from mom guilt. Yeah. We're not alone. The- I'm a dad and I suffer. Suffer from mom guilt. <laughs> no, you don't. You never feel guilty about anything. <laughs> That's because I make good choices. Oh my god. <laughs> this is what I deal with every day, guys. Uh, Kristen McGee and Jewel, the artist. Okay, yes. I think this was my favorite panel. Yeah. Um, it was my favorite panel because, uh, well, I'm from the nine, like the nineties were my high school time. So yeah. you know, Jewel was like kind of a special time for me sure. but he, the thing is is that even if you don't know who jewel is like hearing her talk so candidly about her childhood trauma and yeah. how how she went through that and like 
lived in a car. But but no, she didn't. I mean, she talked about this. She didn't yeah. dwell on it. But she took all those experiences and she like used meditation and yoga to be in a better place healthily. She yeah. did it. She did it like intuitively. It's not like someone said, you need to practice meditation, do these things. Yeah. She just started to. In fact, her writing was a form of meditation for her. That is that is how like the very first song she ever wrote. She told the whole story about her. The song Hands. Mm-hmm. She wrote that. Or no, I guess it was a song she wrote in that time frame. It wasn't the first song. But she talked about how she was going through this kick and she was just watching her hands and what they were doing because it was kind of showing her how she felt like she was reading her feelings through her hands. And really, she was just being aware. She You're said, right. you know, but she didn't know that's what she, she was didn't doing. Have that language. She didn't have that language. So it was a fascinating conversation. And then she sang songs at the end. So it was like you got your own private freaking jewel concert. <laughs> so it was, that was amazing. So that was really cool. That was my favorite one, in, in my opinion. So. If you didn't get to watch those, you have until the end of the day on Saturday, May 8th to do that. Homecoming boxes. I think you guys probably already know if you got one, you're really excited about it. If you didn't, you were kind of salty. And I get it. But I will also say the things that were in the box, like with all due respect to Peloton, yeah. it's not like it's it's they didn't send you a car. Like, right. Y- like, yeah. Like, nor should they have. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. it would. They, they were cute, fun little trinkets. Yeah. And it was fun to get a surprise in the mail. So like certainly not talking it down, but it's yeah, it's not like some people won the lottery and other people, uh, you know, have to go pay tribute for District 12. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that I've had people argue this with me. They don't think that I'm right, but I'm pretty sure that it was for people who got special emails that said things like you had the most, you were one of our top high five givers or you were one of the people that got the most badges or completed the most, most programs or whatever. People who got those seem to have gotten the boxes. I'm not saying that was the only people that got it, but there but, are others that claimed it was everybody, and I assure you it was not everybody. Yeah. Anecdotally, <laughs> there seems to be a correlation. There does. But uh, anyway, that was kind of homecoming in a nutshell. If you if you didn't experience it, I hope you will next year. I hope that uh, you enjoyed the classes at the very least. They were a lot of fun. I took a ton of them. And uh, okay, that's all. Okay. I think we need to pay more respect to the fact that I used anecdotally and correlation in the same sentence. That's pretty impressive. Not in this house. You say things like that all the time. <laughs> I I know I know you try to pretend that you're not super smart, but you are. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She was a five-year national team member in rhythmic gymnastics and sports psychology for USA Gymnastics. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Well, we have another question for you from the Clipout community. I hope you're ready. I am ready. (laughs) This one is from Elise Wilson. And first of all, she loves you. She says, I love Dr. Jen. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Elise. That's so sweet. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to figure out what's too much and what's too little regarding workouts. Sometimes she feels like she's overdoing it. How can she tell the difference? Well, I think it's it's a great question. And I think that it's really, first of all, I think if you're questioning, if you're overdoing it, you're probably overdoing it. I think that it that's a sign your instinct is kicking in and it's important to check in with yourself. And what I really recommend is to find someone 
who you trust, who is a trainer, who is someone who is actually has a background and an education in this and experience and to work with them to come up. And it should ideally be someone who is familiar with Peloton or you know whatever it is that, that you are doing and to come up with a weekly plan because that way you've got kind of some guardrails so that you don't overdo it because sometimes, and you know anyone in the Peloton community has done this, we kind of go down the rabbit hole that like you take this class and then like, oh, here are some suggested classes. Oh yeah, that looks good. Oh, that has my favorite tune. Then you do that one. And it like, before you know it, you're late to work or <laughs> the day has gone by, your weekend has flown by and you've spent hours in the gym, which is, you know, look, some of that is the magic of Peloton, that the classes are so fun and so engaging. The music is so great that it's hard to stop. And at the same time, part of good self-care is having those boundaries. And I really recommend meeting with someone, you know, on the phone or, you know, via Zoom or whatever you want to do and going through kind of answering some questions about your fitness level, your injuries, what you like doing, what you don't. And then you can come up with a weekly regimen and also talk to that person about how often should you be taking breaks? How often should you take a day off or a week off or, you know, do a active rest day? And what do you need to incorporate into your workouts to help you to recover better? Whether it is, you know, using a Theragun or, you know, doing hot Epsom salt baths or whatever it is. But what else can you do to help your recovery if you're finding that you're not recovering well? Okay, well, that's great advice. Definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with rest days. I know you have I, in the past. I you do. feel like like yeah. it's being well, like it's lazy or you're it's you're just it's not a real thing. It's just an excuse for the week. Also, I'm just going to bring up a ladies only issue. Uh, you know, it, uh, do you yeah. ever struggle with like your your cycle? Like it's like sometimes I have like times of the month that I'm super, super like energetic. And then I have others where I'm like, if I do anything, I'm it's like, oh, so ex- I can't I cannot be bothered today. And so maybe whenever- that's why I didn't start exercising until I was 50. <laughs> I finally yeah. hit menopause. Your cycle. <laughs> and I'm ready now. Male menopause. Seriously, like I try to squeeze as much in as I can when I'm feeling good because I know there's going to be at least a week where I'm feeling like shit. So, (laughs) And I think that if you know that that's how your cycle goes, you know, A, you want to talk to your doctor and find out, is there anything that you can do to sort of help that? And, you know, whether it is, there are a lot of people, if it's mood related, who will work with their doctor and take like 10 or 20 milligrams of Prozac, they can really help PMS symptoms or who will take some Advil or Excedrin preventatively if they get really bad cramps or go on birth control pills just to manage sort of cramps and side effects. So I think it's important when you know your cycle impacts your workout to talk to your doctor and see if there's anything you can do. And then in terms of kind of the psychology of it, dealing with it, if there's a clear pattern, then you may want to even look at your workout in terms of like a four week cycle and kind of do instead of just doing the same thing every week, do different things at different weeks in your cycle. It's your cycle cycle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, I kind of turned that yeah. into my question. I but, know uh... you hijacked it. <laughs> Sorry, Elise. That's okay with me. <laughs> well, hopefully we got enough of Elise's question answered before Crystal jumped the line. 
So uh, until next week, where can people find you? You can find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the works at Dr. Jed Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. And my weekly InStyle magazine column, Hump Day with Dr. Jen and, you know, all over. I show up everywhere. You just never know. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Peloton in the news. So uh, TechCrunch this week wrote about Peloton's leaky API and some privacy issues that Peloton was having. (laughs) It's been a week. It's been a week. Like that's... (sighs) Okay, so... Well, at least they found a way to keep this story out of the news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, we got bigger news. Well, just recall a product. (laughs) No one will be talking about that leaky API anymore. (laughs) Um, So, yeah... Do you know what an API is? It's like some sort of like uh, coding magic that makes things talk to each other. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't want to assume that everybody doesn't know or does know that. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so it's how all of our products talk to each other. It's like how like the Apple Watch still knows how to talk to the Peloton or the Peloton knows how to connect to your your head, your Bluetooth headphones that were not made by Peloton. There's like, here's a little... Here's a little code. That's right. A little back door. And then you you tell it things. You type and you give in Joshua and, yeah. it, and it works. That's right. Yeah. Well, okay. So their EP, API, one of their APIs, I'm sure they have a ton if it's I anything know. like my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of their APIs. Uh, okay. So you know how like on our profiles you can say, oh, I want a private profile. So not just anybody mm-hmm. can follow me. Right. So, yeah, on this API, turns out um, people could totally go in and get all the information that's on your profile, even if you had it marked private. Whoops. Yeah. So, I mean, not that they shouldn't fix that no, or but, to, to trivialize it, but like, is there really anything all that No, it's a fair question. On your... And, and there really isn't. Like, so it's your age, it's your weight, and maybe your hometown. And then, of course, your workouts. Right. Like your workouts. But... The concern is that there's a lot of bad people out there. So in theory, they could take that and match it up with your information and your social um, your social media information, mm-hmm. figure out who you are and then steal your identity. That's really the big concern about it. It's not that they see these things and they're going to do anything with that specifically to yeah. you, but it's that they could specifically take it and, and use it to do something on social media, especially when we have a lot of very high profile people sure. out there. <laughs> it's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of celebrities <laughs> on there that I'm sure they don't want the whole world known, but for the average rank and file person, Person, like, are you freaking out that somebody knows you're 48 and you weigh 160? I mean, I wouldn't be freaked out about that. But again, there are people like... Just for the record, I was using the royal you. I was not revealing Crystal's age or weight. He was not. <laughs> God damn it. But on the other hand, like, you know, we've been doing this a long time. So there are people that have information about me out there that not exactly cool with. Sure. Like, for example, there are people that know my address. Mm-hmm. They've given out that address to other people without my permission. Yeah. And so let's just say you had somebody out there who really, really doesn't like me, who wants to take some kind of action. Well, this is giving them a way to do it. Yeah. Now, do I do I think I'm at a high risk for that? No. Am I super concerned about it? No. But are there people who are? Absolutely. The bigger issue is, in my opinion, what else is out there on these APIs that's not protected the way it should be? Right. 
because Peloton, I guess there's some kind of review board that like security people go in and mm-hmm. they like check out this stuff and then they report it back to Peloton. And they there's like a 90 day window that they have that they don't they don't put it anywhere. They don't report it out in the media. Well, that 90 days went came and went. Peloton said nothing. And then they kind of fixed it. So what they did is people outside of the Peloton world couldn't get to it. But people who were inside the Peloton world could. So like another member could use it. But a non-member couldn't, which is easily gotten around by signing up for the digital app for $12 a month. Right. Or during a free trial or or right. there are just so many people who are members at this point. It's not like that's a very exclusive club. Right. So now so so then they held the article they gave Peloton. So so then that person went and got a journalist involved. The journalist went and talked to Peloton and then it got fixed. Gotcha. Which is not really a good look for Peloton. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, and they fixed it within seven days, and they held the article until so nobody could take that and then gotcha. like, go and do anything ugly with that. Which is why I feel so comfortable talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it just it wasn't a good look. Yeah, but it but the problem has been corrected. It has. So if you're worried about it, if nothing's happened to you yet, you're probably okay. Uh, Peloton posted on their Instagram and presumably other channels about uh, Teacher Appreciation Week. Yeah, so each of the instructors gave a shout out to a teacher who has made an impact on their life. Uh, I'm really curious, Tom, did you have a special teacher that like just really stood out to you in a good way? Like, uh, did my first girlfriend go? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll buy some books, do some reading, <laughs> get, get back up to speed. I didn't realize. No, um, uh, I had an English teacher in eighth grade, Mrs. Seifker. I'm actually friends with her on Facebook, and and I enjoyed her class a lot. It was like she she made reading fun, and I was always a reader as a as a kid. I still am as an adult, but we got to read The Hobbit in her class, and, and it was just funny because I hate those books, but I like The Hobbit, but the rest of the books, ugh, but but yeah. That's awesome. And what about you? I had a special teacher. I had an art teacher named Mrs. Cover. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was Ms. because she was not married, and she would tell you that. Um, but uh, she was just lovely. She really um, kind of like took me in, yeah. And like she took me to art museums, and one of one of my good friends, and she really helped me. Like she encouraged me in my art, and she was always like. Anything that I did that was different than other people, she always put it in this really positive light. And so it took it took a really shitty childhood where I got bullied a lot and Mm -hmm. she made it so much more tolerable. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, she was really special. Yeah. So it was nice that they did that during Teacher Appreciation Week. Yes. And uh, I saw a meme today that I thought was funny in light of Teacher Appreciation Week. And they were like, you know, when a profession has an appreciation week that they're underpaid. (laughs) (laughs) too funny and then the peloton blog uh had 10 products peloton instructors always have in their dressing room anything big and exciting here anything surprising um if i thought no not nothing really really shocking but i like seeing the products they actually use right but it was basically like hair products everybody has like a different you know some other things that they use like one's pomade one's you know gel one's hairspray right um the dyson does not surprise me that dyson is amazing it is amazing and i say that to somebody who has no hair but yeah but when i got you the dyson a few years back i was like well she wants it it's christmas time like whatever but as soon as you use blue dry your hair i was just like Okay, that makes a difference. Like that's there's a, a lady at work I've been trying to convince to buy one because I'm just like I'm like I know they're expensive, but like they really 
look, they really make a difference and it would work with the rat nest you got going on. I know. I'm like, I hope you softened that with like, if you feel, but no, there was nothing super shocking in it, but I like seeing the, the fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) They have hand hand sanitizer sanitizer and sanitizing wipes. So you can wipe (laughs) down the hand bottle of hand sanitizer. Okay. Well, the post-it notes. I love that. So they leave notes for each other in the dressing room, which is SNL hosts. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's adorable. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo from MetPro. And I guess last time we were talking yes, about uh, you started talking about how it's kind of reduced your craving for chocolates and sweets. And that kind of leads in to this week's question. It does. Yeah. Michelle Turner asked. She wanted to know. She can't stop the sugar snacking after supper to bedtime. Sugar, 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 sugar. 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 Shouldn't be one one more sugar. Okay. I got that some of the Archie stuck in my head. Sugar, sugar. (laughs) Don't have to pay for it. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) That's okay. I'm Facebook friends with Ron Dante, the lead singer of the Archie. So I'll get him to. Are you really? I am actually. Okay. Well, that's a whole other rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, sugar. Yeah. How do we deal? So. I, I love getting just, you know, super real on these conversations. So it's just super truthful when it comes to sugar. You know why it's hard to break the sugar habit? You know why it's hard to stop eating chocolate? Because it's delicious. I think <laughs> it tastes great. Yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> and and here's what people, they, they say, because you actually made a comment, which made me think of this, Crystal. <clears throat> you said that I really, you know, you love chocolate, but since you've been on MetPro, your sugar cravings have reduced. They have. So I'll explain the science behind that. There's two things that make us want to eat chocolate. <clears throat> the first is chocolate's delicious. So we enjoy eating it, which makes us want to have it. But there's a second reason. There's actually a biological addiction that our body gets to sugary foods because our bodies actually run off of sugar. It's called glucose or glycogen. Right. And so what happens is especially when our blood sugar destabilizes, that's when we can get hit with some pretty nasty cravings. So we destabilize our blood sugar. There's a number of ways you can, but there's two primary from a day-to-day basis. And that's one, going too long without eating or eating balanced meals. And two, eating sugar, (laughs) (laughs) oddly enough. So when you're in a routine of eating smaller meals throughout the day or eating at least at regular intervals, it has a side effect of stabilizing your blood sugar, which means that now you only have to combat one challenge. And that is the fact that chocolate tastes good. You don't also have to deal with cravings from chocolate tasting good, then also your body telling you, I need sugar now. And that's why we hear this so often that when somebody's following a program that they're reasonably, nobody's ever perfect, by the way, but reasonably consistent with, the sugar cravings go away. But let's also be honest. It doesn't mean you're never going to have sugar again. I don't want to live in a world without chocolate, personally. That's just me. But I don't want to live in that world. Amen. 
But when we have an objective, how do we break that habit of having chocolate every day or every night? That can be a little bit harder, but it can be done. So uh, most people find, and everyone's body's a little different here, but most people will tell me once they've kicked the sugar, if they stay off of it for 72 hours, they see a radical reduction in craving for it. That quickly? That seems really quick. It does. hours. Well, think of it this way. You may notice, like, for example, when you go on vacation or you go on a trip or you have an off weekend, it can take till Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it's like, okay, I'm back in my routines. A lot of people notice that, believe it or not, the hardest day is Monday. In fact, sometimes people will tell me they went on vacation, they made it through their whole vacation with maybe just one or two blips, and then they got back, and then Monday, their first day at home, they had all these cravings, and they don't <laughs> the sugar. I'm like, ah! You know, but it's human nature. But usually within two to three days of consistency, and why? Because it, it takes out the big ebb and flow of that blood sugar of, oh, I just got that sugar hit. And so your body releases a bunch of insulin, brings that sugar level back down in your system. And then all of a sudden it overshoots and now you're craving sugar again. And so instead of having this go on where it swings up and down, you have these tiny little ripples instead of these major waves in your blood sugar. And so that's why having uh, meals throughout the day and a strategy of getting those meals and coming back to time management and good, quick prepping techniques and things like that all play a part in helping you uh, gain mastery over it. That's interesting yeah. because recently we were we were on a little vacation. You might remember, and uh, oh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I definitely enjoyed all of the things that I wanted to enjoy. But when okay. we when we got back and I went back to my uh, regular routine, it wasn't it wasn't as difficult to shift back. And I think that that speaks to what you're saying about because because Dallas, Coach Dallas, drilled into me, you must have the snacks. You must, must, <laughs> must have the snacks. And so I think that because I had that more even playing field, that I was easier, it was easier for me to jump back in, to your point. So that's fascinating. And just, and just basic math is it's going to be easier to avoid cravings when you're not hungry. True, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised. There's something to be said about that as I'm well. I'm just saying it's never been a problem for me yeah. in the past. I can be not hungry and definitely crave. It's not It's not a problem. <laughs> That's your superpower, Crystal. It is. I was, normally when we go on vacation, like it's not unusual for me to come back and like the, get on the scale that first day and go up 10, 12 pounds. Yeah. And this time I came back on the scale, I'd gone up two pounds. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think for a, a week away... Eating, and, and enjoying yourself and enjoying myself like yeah but yeah. i also found when i was there i didn't want the things i normally yeah. wanted which which speaks to what you said at another yeah. point in time about the momentum because yeah. he is right. motivated he is seeing results and so it was much easier to keep that momentum so that's all great things and that's where a little of the the, the coaching and the strategy comes in because i don't want to i don't want to mislead people it tom had we been on an aggressive cutting cycle yeah and then all of a sudden you had vacation you you could have seen I don't you, I don't think you would have seen 10, 12 pounds but you would have seen more than two for don't, sure don't challenge me strategy. I'll do it don't uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to play this out and see <laughs> no don't do that don't do that 
But that's where the strategy of, you know, having a coach that's saying, okay, we know that you have this coming up at the end of the month. We're going to adjust how your body. So most people are unwittingly slave to what their metabolism is doing to them versus them controlling their metabolism. And you can control it. You can control much of it. It's just having the pieces and the strategy to do so. So that's why in this case for you, Tom, we planned for that vacation. We took you out of carb sensitivity prior to it. And then we plan to enter a cutting cycle shortly after. And so all those pieces made sense. And that's the benefit of looking down the road and planning a few weeks in advance. Which is why it's important to have a coach because yeah. we would have done it exactly the opposite. We would have been, <laughs> done it very wrong. We would have crash dieted beforehand to like thinking we were bracing ourselves. Yep, and yep. yeah, it's very counterintuitive. That's how most people do it. I'm going on vacation. I got to diet now because of, well, I mean, there, there is something to be said about that, but there's a metabolic consequence on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us until next time. Where can people find MetPro and all of this information? metpro.co slash TCO. If you go to metpro.co slash TCO for the clip out. Thank you. Thank you. Instructors in the news. Lots of instructor news, as is per usual. Uh, I guess we'll kick it off with two Robin Arzon stories. She has uh, something coming up at Nordstrom. Yeah, she's going to be uh, talking. It's going to be like Hyper Ice I believe and Nordstrom. It's, I believe it's Hyper Rice. Hyper Ice, you it's think that's what it is? Rice, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. No Tom. problem. That's yeah. what I'm, I'm here to mansplain things to you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Robin is going to talk about her life as a new mom, how it's changed her workout routine and what she does to refuel. And that includes using hyper ice. She products. eats hyper ice <laughs> to refuel. Isn't that what that's about? Hyper ice. Oh, <laughs> look, if they want me to say the name right, they can advertise on the show. <laughs> Fair enough. And then also more Robin major news, according to the Instagram, (laughs) the gram. Yeah. So she is going to be doing a a master class on mental strength. Okay. Uh, So um, that's through the master class program. Um, That's pretty big deal. Uh, I feel like. I feel like that's a pretty big deal. But the cool thing is, is for Mom's Day, they're offering a two for one deal where you get one membership and then you can get one free for your mom. How about that? I need to figure I bought that Steve Martin one. and I never got around to watching it. I'm mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> well, now would be a good time for you to do it. You could go ahead and get me that one and then we'd have the two for one special. So yeah, just throw that out there. <laughs> and then while we're speaking of instructors inking deals, Jen Sherman. <laughs> yeah. Is now working with how, what? What is this? It's a makeup. It's uh, it cosmetics. Okay, and uh, she is going to be a guest host for their Go for It, Go for It speaker series. It for Confident Moms edition. It's on Facebook Live, and by the time this airs, it will have already occurred. Um, and uh, it's really cool though. It's going to be her like doing all of the guest hosting for this major event, okay. all for Mom's Day. That's I think awesome. that's really awesome. Speaking of the gram. Whenever we say the graham, I think graham crackers, and then I'm hungry. Graham crackers. Oh, the cinnamon ones. Oh, the chocolate ones. I like cinnamon ones. But anyway, okay. uh, Emma Lovewell uh, yeah. is doing something with Under Armour. Yeah, and Under. she's been working with them for a while, but um, I just really, I don't know, I enjoyed this video because it was seeing all the behind the scenes as yeah. she like recorded it, and she was like, listen... Whenever we do these videos, like the work is real. She's like, I left this shoot. I was 
sore, sweaty, and tired. <laughs> so they don't use like fake weights no, when they're doing these. No, that's like real. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed that they did. I did too. <laughs> like they already have so much going on. Yeah. That, you know, rather than making them look, yeah. So that's that's surprising. Yeah. See, it's fun to see the behind the scenes. Christine D'Ergerle was uh, gearing up for Mother's Day. She was. And uh, over the weekend, homecoming weekend, she had a very special ride that she talked about with her mom. Her mom was doing her 100th ride on Christine's Look ride. Look at that. How awesome is that? Did she hand deliver her century shirt? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would think that that's a very good possibility. So her mom had rheumatic fever. When she was a child, so she was not allowed to exert herself. No. Oh. Um, and uh, that would have been risky to her heart. But mm-hmm. like science has come a long way since then. And so she's been able to get better. So like for her to complete a hundred rides yeah. on the Peloton is amazing. Like this is a huge, huge deal. Um, so that's just really awesome. She was on the 30 minute power zone ride. Uh, I believe it was Saturday at 1 p.m. So if you didn't get to take it. You still can and uh, Chris, give give Christine's mom uh, a little congrats. They should have used that new special feature for her special, special guest for that her mother. That would be cool. <laughs> and then Jess Sims uh, took to Instagram to tell everyone about strength stacks, which now makes me think of pancakes. I think I'm just hungry. I think you're just hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is dinner time in our defense. So each instructor, each instructor from the tread has been like putting together they've been curating strength strength stacks each month and may is the month for just sims okay so this post is about her specific one and she is super excited about it and she alternates between a 45 minute full body strength and a shorter hit cardio with core and body weight burner all of them include a uh, warm-up and a stretch afterwards. So you've got plenty to you've got you can get all of the things you need from these strength sacks. So I think that's really uh, cool. I like seeing how much the instructors enjoy putting these together. Also, she's really hard instructor, so <laughs> I bet that's very challenging of a stack. And then finally, there was a new drop in the boutique on Monday. Yes, mine has shipped, which is why I'm insisting. High price pay us before I say their name right because we need the money after Monday. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I just thought it was funny because people are always like, when's the drop happening? When's the drop happening? And, uh, you know, it's like I know they're coming soon, but this one has been all over the place. Like it was like, oh, it's going to be last week. Nope. It's going to be next week. Oh, it's going to be soon. Well, when it when it finally dropped lately, what they've been doing is they'll drop it over in uh, Europe first. And then we have like eight hours over here in the U.S. to peruse, shop, prepare, be ready, ready for the drop. Oh, but no. Monday night they were like, just kidding. Surprise. And they pushed it out like 10 minutes after they pushed the one out in Europe. So I had to do some some fancy, uh, you know, finagling. But don't worry, everyone. I was able to get everything i wanted i'm sure they were very concerned about I, that. I i bet they were all holding their breath yeah and uh and you know what i bought everything i wanted in fact it was almost the entire collection but but here's the thing i don't i don't i'm gonna slow down on my shopping this year i am mm. i am i'm gonna i am because mm. we've been having a per, an organizer help us around the house and uh, i have come to the conclusion that i might have too much exercise clothes and so it's time to purge so in the coming weeks i'm also going to be selling Ooh. Specific older clothes that I no longer wear as much, but I'm going to be pulling out some unicorns and I'm going to I'm going to be putting them up for sale. 
It's going to happen. So keep an eye on her Instagram and our Facebook page. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. She will be cleaning them first, you pervs. Don't get any ew, ideas. Ew, don't I got to say, say it. There's weirdos out there. No, well, you made it weird. <laughs> I promise you. There's weirdos yeah. out there that were like, Ooh, no. No. Ew, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is CJ Albertson. And I feel like I got to set up who CJ is. I think that makes sense. Because it's a, a pretty impressive. Absolutely list it is. Of stuff. <laughs> he set an unofficial treadmill record by doing. Hang on. A 50K in two hours and 41 minutes. A marathon in two hours, nine minutes and 58 seconds. He also did a 50 mile run at a seven minute and six second pace. He also topped the Peloton tread leaderboard 57 times in 28 days. (laughs) And if you're in, in like right now. I'd say about 30% of our listeners are going bullshit, but right? <laughs> but here's to the next part. So the, they, they know that it's not. He was seventh at the 2020 U.S. Olympics marathon <laughs> and holds world's rec- world records in the 50K and indoor marathon. So he's the real deal. Ladies and gentlemen, and all points in between, C.J. Albertson. Hi. 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 That's nice to be on. <laughs> I'm just surprised you're not winded. Yeah. Like, I would think you would always be winded. But I guess if you were always winded, then you wouldn't be in the, the Olympics. You're like you're like the road runner. You're just like fast. You're so fast. Like, you know, the old cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was actually the Olympic trials. The Olympic oh, I'm sorry. But oh, not, well. not quite the Olympics. But hopefully, hopefully that's foreshadowing of 2024. That's and right. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Where are the 2024 going to be held? Have they even announced? Have they announced that? Uh Paris, I think. Paris. Okay. Well, you I'm know. I'm pretty sure because my wife has told me many times I, I have to make that one because she wants to go. <laughs> She's like, no I want to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I am going to the Paris Olympics whether you are or not is what she's telling you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so how did you originally get into running? Like, Is this something that you've just done since like birth or? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Um I mean, I started playing sports pretty much from from birth, but I got into running in fourth grade. Our elementary school had cross country, and I didn't know that running was a sport at the time, but as a fourth grader, it's kind of the only thing that you can do. Uh, So, yeah, I just joined the school team, and you just, you know, you just go out to practice and run around the school. That's your practice. You just kind of run around, and I loved it. Um, Just from the first season, I started running and getting in races. It just felt really natural to me and uh i loved both running like by myself and just running as hard as i could but then i also really loved the racing aspect of it and just being competitive with other people um pretty much just everything about running i just really enjoyed so basically from that moment that first day in fourth grade i pretty much haven't stopped and just been running ever since that's incredible so when when you in those early years fourth fifth sixth before you start to get to like high school and college where you start to weed people out were you just like winning everything or was it like not even a contest or 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 did over time you got better and you started to, to pull ahead as it were? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone develops differently, um, but I, I was pretty good as an elementary school runner. Um, like our, my, I remember our, my first race I won 
And then I ended up winning like our school district championships. That was kind of like as far as you go. So I think there's, I don't know, I think about like 28 elementary schools in our district. And so I won that meet and that was like really big. Um, I did some like AAU type meets that are a little bit bigger, like outside of our area. And I lost to a couple, I lost to a couple people in those races. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was fairly good from a young age. And I think that's part of what kept me in it. Cause I really like, I like, I really like to win. Sure. <laughs> Who doesn't? Up, yeah. Grew up like in a competitive you know, environment a lot, competitive household. So, you know, I, I was raised to enjoy winning. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of, I think most people kind of do things that they're good at because it's a little bit more enjoyable. So, yeah, sure. I'm similar in that I'm hyper competitive, but I'm not the least bit athletic because I suck at it. And so like <laughs> I had a similar experience where they would put me out there and I'm like, I'm really bad at this. I don't ever want to do this again. He took and- the opposite <laughs> approach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so typically, I never, I never competed in any art fairs or anything like that because I knew I'd be about last. And <laughs> you got to know where your skill sets are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just curious, um, as as you went through the the process of your life with with running, at what was there a moment in time when you said? Uh, And I don't mean this in an arrogant way. Like, I know it's hard to say this without sounding like cocky, but like based on your achievements, was there a moment in time where you were like, okay, like, I'm not just like good at this. I'm really good at this. Like, was there a moment when that clicked for you that you're like next level good at this? I feel like somewhat from the beginning, but then I think I more realized it in high school, uh, my freshman year of track. I had the second fastest mile time in the nation. Um, so they had, they had like national lists of, of everybody that had run the, the, what's well, technically the 1600, but basically a mile. Um, yeah. And I was a second ranked freshman. So I was like, wow, like second in the nation. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I think it was always, there's always been this thing in my mind that has said like, Oh, you're, you're going to be like one of the best in the world. Or like, there's just something you're going to do something great with running. Um, and I've had some up and downs, but I feel like that voice has kind of been in there, uh, from a fairly young age. And then I've had like brief moments where like, I've been like ranked really high in the nation or done some really good things to where that that's that voice has become more realistic. But I've also had some times where I've had some seasons that were not very good. And that voice seemed like super unrealistic because it's like I'm very mediocre right now so yeah just like anyone um just kind of have ups and downs but I'd say yeah that freshman year is really when like my eyes were opened uh, to where it ranked in a in a national scale wow yeah that's pretty cool it is it is very cool so in the grand scheme of things is there that much of a difference at that level between like one of the best and having a mediocre season like i mean is 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 it like two tenths of a second right like is it you know like is the 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 metric so narrow at that point between what makes good and mediocre there's a pretty decent range you know it's it's not like the olympics in the 100 meters i mean that like yeah two tenths of a second is just massive but uh no so for example like my freshman year of college i wasn't running that good um and i was running basically five mile races at roughly like 510 pace or so or 515 pace and my 50k world record was at 514 pace so i'm right now i'm basically running like what i was running in college for five miles now i'm doing that for over 30 miles and i'm running a marathon at about five minute pace like you know way faster than i was running 
just a five mile race. So, so it's a, I mean, it's a pretty significant gap, you know, compared to what I was doing. So yeah, it's not really that close. Well, <laughs> your, your marathon time just like blows me away. I mean, I, 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 all of your times do, but especially your marathon, because like I, I walked a marathon on my tread this year <laughs> and yeah, spoiler alert, it took like eight hours. <laughs> Just to think that you did the exact same. Like, he, could, he could have done like four marathons yeah, in the same time. I mean, that's just insanely fast to me. I mean, I'm I'm really slow. I didn't even start getting into anything athletic until I was like in my 30s. So like we're talking very different backgrounds of how we got there as far as being able to do that kind of distance. But I mean, it's just my mind just can't even comprehend that you did it a fourth of the time that I did it. That's insane. You ran a marathon. I have to put it in nerd terms for me. He ran a marathon in less time than it takes to watch Avengers Endgame. Exactly. Like <laughs> uh, shorter than the most of the wait times at Disney World. Yes. I waited longer to ride Avatar. Exactly. I think the last time my wife and I went to Disneyland, I think we actually talked about that. Like we can literally run in a mar- we can literally run a marathon in the time we're going to sit in this line. <laughs> I don't particularly love Disneyland for that reason, but I bet I bet it's hard. For you, it, so I go. <laughs> I bet it's hard for you to sit still since you can. You're that active. I bet it's hard to just stand there that long. Um, I'm really good at sitting still and laying around and doing nothing, but standing's hard. Standing's probably the hardest activity I think in the world. <laughs> I'm sure there's some manual labor jobs I would disagree, but standing is hard. I feel so tired after just standing around. For a few hours, you just you gotta take. I, I'm I'm the guy that naps on the benches at, at Disneyland. <laughs> my wife and I were just laying there, just just standing hard. I, so I have something in common with some. I can I can sleep anywhere at any time. It's like true. You give me like thirty seconds notice, and I'll be out. It's. It's infuriating how yeah. fast he falls asleep. Um, okay, but I'm curious how how you came across Peloton and when, but also why you decided on the Peloton treadmill specifically. Yeah. Uh, so this summer or this past summer, I, I live in Fresno, California. Uh, so California, pretty much the whole West Coast just had tons of fires. And so that made it difficult to run because it's just you walk outside and there's literally just ashes falling on you. So I had to do a lot of treadmill running and I had never really run on treadmills before. I didn't really like them. And I was just using some friends treadmills because I didn't have one of my own. Uh, and then one of my friends had a had a Peloton treadmill, and I had ne- honestly I never even heard of Peloton treadmills. I didn't know they existed, knew nothing about them. But I walked in to his garage, and I just looked. I was like, "What is this? like this is the nicest treadmill I've ever seen?" <laughs> and I got on it, and the the first day I ran on, I was like, "Oh wow, this is really smooth. It's just it just runs a lot nicer than most of the treadmills I've been on." And then the next day, or maybe a few days later, I came back. And I, I did a 35 mile run on his treadmill just because one, just because I had nothing else to do. Um, Cause you but, had an extra 10 minutes in your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I just, I really like the feel of the treadmill. The slatted belts are just really nice. It gives more of uh, more of a feeling like you're running on the road. Cause you know, traditional treadmills, the deck is kind of bouncing up and down and, uh, that does reduce some impact, so some people like that, but it this feels awkward to me because that's not how running really feels when you're actually running outside on ground. So the Peloton just feels like it feels as close to road running as you're going to get, um, but it's still soft and forgiving. I mean, the slotted belts are nice. And then obviously, like, the, the screen is, 
I mean, it's a ridiculously nice screen. And the only really similar treadmills are like the Woodways. And to me, they're basically the same, but those are like 10 grand. So 4,500 is a pretty good price. And I mean, I felt like they were just as good. So I decided I, I wanted to get a Peloton for myself because I'm like, I'm a professional runner. I should probably have my own treadmill instead of like calling up friends trying to find it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I got one and, and that was in, I think, either the end of October, or November, somewhere around then of this year. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah, that is. So I'm curious what, what made you decide to do your tread challenge then? Like what, what inspired that? The first few months I had the treadmill, I didn't have a Peloton subscription. So I was just doing like the, well, it's not even the just run. It's just that you just hit the button and then you go on. the. <laughs> but then I, I got a subscription for a month and I was like, I just kind of want to make the most of it and like take as many classes as I can. And then I, I'm like trying to like post more on, on social media. Cause like when you're like, you know, being like a sponsored athlete, you're kind of supposed to, you know, be more involved and, social media stuff and i'm not really good at that so i'm trying to get like more into it i guess um so i'm like oh i can like create a little like giveaway challenge and give out some shoes and have people guess how many you know leaderboards i can get maybe that'd be fun i ran it by my wife first i'm like is this dumb or is this a fun idea she's like no it's fun just do it so i just like making up challenges on my own so i was just gonna do it just just for my own personal but so i, I made it more of a public challenge and then i guess people found out about it and some articles were written and stuff but yeah it was mainly just i like making up challenges so that was, it just popped into my head literally the day i signed up it like popped into my head i'm like okay i'm gonna do this and then the next day i started so. wow that's funny that's the whole grand scheme of, that, of that, that's yeah. that was the thought process so um yeah. do the instructors irritate the living hell out of you because because you don't need that sort yeah, of they're, motivation they're or? queuing like a quarter of the speed that you go or <laughs> so yeah so going into it since i hadn't taken the classes i didn't really know what to expect I, I didn't really expect to enjoy them that much and yeah i think i did expect them to kind of annoy me a little bit but i actually really i enjoyed the instruction a lot more than I thought I would. I don't listen to like the, the, you know, the number cues or what, but in running, I feel like there's a lot less of that. They're not like super specific about the miles per hour and stuff. They kind of just give you general guidelines. And I didn't always follow the instructions exactly. I just kind of ran, but for the most part, they're just kind of telling stories. And I mean, they're encouraging you, but they're kind of just like, it's kind of just like they're talking to you. So I found it, I found it fun. And I really liked pretty much all of the instructors actually. And so when I did that 50 mile run, I actually just had like classes stacked and I went through like 15 classes just, and it was fairly entertaining. Um, <laughs> and I actually had the sound on the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, it, it doesn't annoy me. Yeah. It, it's, mo I mean, even, even for me, like being a professional runner, like I, I find them motivating. So I, uh, yeah. one thing oh. that stood out to me within the uh, runner's world uh, article was that you went into classes and when you could tell people were cheating to be at the top of the leaderboard, you were like, I'm out. You, you went to a different class <laughs> immediately. So how, like what, what, what tipped is, you off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that they were cheating. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how it is for biking, but for running, you can see like their miles per hour and their incline. So when I'm looking at it, Usually people cheat with the incline. So the incline will be, if they're doing like 12 to 15%, it's like nobody, nobody just casually runs at like 15% incline. Like it, <laughs> it just, you just don't do that. And then if you run like 10 miles an hour, like you're sprint, like running six minute pace up 15% incline is, 
Like, I mean, I can do that for a sprint, but you're not just casually doing that for like a 45 minute run. Right. So that's usually when I can see it. And so the, the treadmill is, there's a sensor that picks up your weight. So if you step off it for, I don't know what the time period is, probably around three seconds, then it puts your output at zero. So I can, I'll look at people's output in it, like every like 10 seconds or so, it'll go to zero for a couple of seconds. So that means I, and when that happens, like 10 times, you know, like, okay, they're, they're either stepping off and stepping back on, or they're holding on to the rails and they're, you know, taking too much weight off. So that's triggering the sensor. So, yeah, so that's how I can tell. And it's just, sometimes they're just so ridiculous. It's like, it's humanly impossible. So they're obviously, (laughs) but, but yeah, so since I was doing the challenge to try to get as many first as I could, that that's why I'd like do a different class because it's like obviously I can't. Yeah, you're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not gonna win against something like that. So I guess my next yeah. question then is, uh, can we get a list of all their leaderboard names so we can publicly shame them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. So I <laughs> on one, I was doing a live class, so I didn't get off because I was like already committed, and there was one person that like and like 99 pretty much 100% turn shooting, but, and then I kind of like got it to where we actually tied, but I screenshotted it and I put it on my Instagram story. And then, and then I realized like he had the same Instagram name. So someone found him and like a guy, like he had posted it on his story. So then someone that knew me, like sent it to me and then I'm like, Oh shoot, people are, people can like find this guy's Instagram. And I didn't want like, I don't want someone to get like harassed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even though it's like, okay, just don't cheat. It's like, what's the point? Like, I still don't want to, I don't want any, I don't want to be involved in any of that. So I, I like erased his name. Um, so that, cause I don't want that. Good, good for you. <laughs> no, I yeah. Get that. That's, that's very nice yeah. of you. And I, there could be like, maybe their calibration is really screwed up. That screws up their income. Cause some people are always at 15% and I, maybe their calibration got messed up somehow and there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, I don't know, but that's nice of you. Oh, I, I, like, I like that you're giving the benefit of the doubt. Did you know in the Peloton community, and maybe this is outside of the Peloton community, I don't know because I'm not like a real runner, but um, they, they actually have a term for cheating and it's called pawing. Like they call it like they'll, they have like a whole discussions on the tread Facebook group about pawing. And it's like because of what you said, they'll like step on and oh, they'll put their foot on. And yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It surprised me. So I didn't know if you knew that or maybe that's just a runner thing. Yeah. But. It seems like there's a lot more cheating in the biking. There is. Oh, there is. Can, they, I don't know how what they do, but. You can't calibrate your treadmill, but you can calibrate your the original bike. And so there's a lot of people that either they got their bikes and the calibration was already off or they've gone in to try to make it easier. And um, and so the calibration can be wildly off on the bike, like really, really off. <laughs> so I never trust leaderboards on the bike, although I'm still at the bottom regardless. I just don't even pay attention to them because they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because for running, I mean, there's really all, there's, there's not that many people. It seems like most of the people are pretty, it, it's it's accurate. So yeah. Um, so so you ended up making your challenge, though, right? Like you hit 57. At, I mean, was that the goal? You said as many as you could do. Did anybody guess that number? Did they guess? Uh, one person had guessed 56. Um, so that was the closest. Well, actually it was 56 and 58 and I had a tiebreaker. They had to guess like how many miles I'd run over those 28 days. Um, and I ran 340 miles and the the guy that won had guessed 336. So wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so crazy. It's just like 
the number, the sheer mass that you can do is just a crazy to me. That's so cool. Now I have to put on my announcer voice. Tell them what they won. What did they win? <laughs> so he won uh, a free pair of Brooks shoes uh, that he got to choose. Um, he was smart and he picked the the most expensive, the best ones. Uh, they're the Hyperion Elite too, so they're like they're Brooks's racing shoes um, with a carbon fiber plate and like their best best foam. So so yeah, he, he got those and. They're the shoes I race in, and they're they're pretty. I think they're one of the best shoes out there. That's amazing. I was trying to help you sneak in sponsor mentions. You said you weren't good at that. I was. That was my gift to you. <laughs> I like Brooks running shoes. They're good. They're I I have I have some of them, but uh, it doesn't help me run that fast. So I'm pretty sure I'm just not able to do that. Speaking of shoes, I'm just curious. So at the level you're at, I mean, do shoe brands, are, are there some shoe brands that you really feel like this gives me an edge I didn't have before? I mean, obviously, you're not just going to go into Payless and buy a $15 pair of shoes. <laughs> but but like when you get to that level, it, what's the difference in shoes in terms of how it impacts your times? So the, the past few years have been like a, a kind of shift in in shoes. So there's been like this big kind of change and in the running community like some people are upset about it and some people i don't know there's this whole people talk about shoes a lot because they, they started inserting like carbon fiber plates in them and those like basically stiffen up the shoes so that they're more basically more responsive and you can get you know more energy return um and they've also improved some of the foam to get more energy return so when you you hit the ground you're not losing as much energy but it's being returned back to you okay so basically like from 2016 to now, like every brand has started to come out with their version of, you know, a carbon fiber type shoe. And so, yeah, it, it kind of does matter. I mean, I feel like a, maybe 10 years ago, the types of shoes you had, maybe it made a marginal difference, but not too much. But but with these new shoes, like you definitely have to have a, a new carbon racing shoe to kind of be able to compete at the next level. So, yeah, it, it does matter. You can't just go run in anything. and Brooks has they they've come out with it. They're now on their second version of their carbon fiber plate, um, and they have a a foam called DNA Flash, which is a nitrogen infused foam that's um, really responsive and gives really good energy return. So like back kind of like five years ago, everyone just kind of used like the same like EVA type foam, and then now they've come out with these different types of foams to increase energy return. And so depending on you know, and then they try to patent each time of type of foam so every company is going to have like their own foams that they're using and um so it, it does make a difference and so you want to you want to get with you know you want to have a company that's competitive and that's sure. uh staying up to date with the research and, and coming out with the best technology and then as an athlete you try to work with your sponsor to uh you know give them feedback and, and help them you know design shoes that will you know, fit how you race. So we give, we get, like, I give Brooks like feedback on, on their new shoes um, and what I'm feeling. And, you know, I don't know tons about how to manufacture shoes, but I try to give <laughs> input on what I'm feeling so they can try to make it the best they can. I, I have to ask this. Totally. So, so are you like changing, do you have to like change your shoes like every month? Because if you run 340 miles in one month, that's pretty much how often you should be changing why, your running shoes. That's why you had to get a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah. The sponsor definitely did help with that. And then as far as changing shoes, it, it just depends on what, what type of shoes you have. And then also your foot strike and how you land. Some people like 
supinate a lot. So they really land on the outside of their foot and they just tear up the outside of their sole. And so they have to rotate through shoes faster. I land more just kind of in the middle, um, which helps kind of spread out the damage on my shoe. But the that DNA flash foam I was talking about, I don't really know like all the science of it, but something about like the nitrogen infused foam, it, it doesn't break down as much. So yeah, usually I change my shoes every three to 400 miles, but this foam, it la- I mean, my wife put like 700, over 700 miles in her last pair. Wow. Um, and I mean, they, they still like when you squeeze the foam, like it's still really responsive. And so I have a bunch of pairs of shoes. So I'm always like rotating through. I, I run in the Hyperion Tempos. They're basically just a, it's the same foam, but without a carbon fiber plate. And so I use those to train in and I kind of rotate through shoes. So I don't know how many miles I put in each pair, but, but they last like a long time. So, so I'm not like, I'm not going through shoes that fast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're saving the landfills. Like I don't know if they recycle or not, but <laughs> I guess if you have a better foam, it's less waste. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So when you're done with a shoe, do you like, do you throw it away? Do you donate it? What happens? Do you sign it and send it to people? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So if anyone really wants my old shoes, I guess if anyone does want it, I can give it to them. But uh, no, there's sometimes we, we donate them. Like they'll be usually at running stores. There's like bins that you can come bring your okay. own shoes. And they either like some companies will recycle them. And I don't know that whole process, but they do something with them. Sometimes they'll give them them or they'll take parts. And like, I don't know exactly what they do, but they, but they use them for stuff and they make use of them. So if you just go to like your local running store and ask them, what can I do with my old shoes? They usually will, you know, know something or they'll take them and do something with them. Gotcha. Oh, Cause great. I figured like, you know, for your purposes, you're done with those shoes, but for like, you know, like a regular human being, there's a lot yeah. of life left in them. So when yeah. you said that they, they like give improve the energy return, like, is that something that you see in your times when you're done? Or when you put on a shoe like that, are you instantly like, God damn, that's a good shoe? Yeah, you can definitely feel it. So when you're basically like, so basically like when you're running and you hit the ground, I'm making all these arm movements. I realize no one's going to be. Able to well, it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on well. YouTube if they want to <laughs> see it. So like when, you, when you hit the ground, like the foam is going to like compress a little bit and some foams will only have like 60% energy return. So say you, you hit the ground with 100 units of energy or whatever, then like 40% of that will be lost. It's way more complex than that. But <laughs> but then but some phones can get up to like 85% or so energy return. So you're going to get much more pop coming off the ground, and it's just going to feel more responsive. So it's kind of like driving if you are riding a bike. If you have – if you don't air up your tires all the way, like you're pedaling really hard and you just feel like, oh, my tires are flat. But then you pump them up to that optimal pressure. And then it's like, oh, you're just rolling smooth on the ground and all that power that you put out, you just get back. So it feels like that. That's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. In my head, in, in my head, what I, my analogy was Tigger. <laughs> like he was just bouncing. Just bouncy, bouncy, yeah. bouncy, bouncy. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> What? No, not that I, I was just going to let you go. <laughs> no, if I sing anymore, we got to pay for it. Okay, okay. Gotta, <laughs> cut it off right there. So, what's a shoe like that? Run a run a fella that doesn't have a sponsorship. So, well, for Brooks's like their training shoe with like their best foam, um, that's one hundred and fifty dollars. And then the one that has the carbon fiber plate in it and their best foam, the Hyperion Elite, that one's uh, two hundred and fifty. 
Wow. That doesn't sound that crazy. bad. I mean, because it's like you'd buy a regular pair of shoes anymore. They're 75, 80, 90 bucks. So to get all the, all the science that they cram in there. Yeah. That's, you know, that wow. doesn't seem unreasonable. It does not. Let's turn into a commercial for Brooks. They should be very happy with it. <laughs> Is there a promo code we should be giving out right now? <laughs> I know. I don't have any promo codes, actually. But, um, but yeah, the, the training shoes are definitely like... Because, I mean, training shoes, yeah, you're going to be putting, you, you kind of have to look at it as how much, how many dollars are you spending per mile of the shoe? So if your shoe's only going to last 300 miles and it's 90 bucks, well, if your shoe lasts $700 and it's, or 700 miles and it's 150 bucks, it's actually cheaper. Right. Yeah. And it feels better the whole time. So, so yeah, I, it's just one of those quality analysis that you. Totally. That you it's like fuel efficiency, but for your feet. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the level you work at, do you have do, like do you have a day job? Is this your job? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I do have a day job. So, I'm a community college coach uh, and a professor. That's um, so cool. So professor, I, look at that. Yeah. You should have like a top hat on or something. Twenty <laughs> seven, yeah. and you're a professor. Yeah, I know. Oh it's uh, I know. I'm, and I look. I don't look old either. So no, I feel like I've wasted <laughs> when I, my when life. When I walk on the campus, it's so when I started as an adjunct professor, um, in my first year coaching, I was 24. And whenever I walked on campus, like, yeah, I mean, everyone thought I was a student. <laughs> I, I pretty much look the same now. So people, I mean, I still look like I can be a student. Um, You're getting rush flyers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we want this. At high school, like, I'll go recruiting. And it's like, they can't, like, are you, ra- are you racing? Or are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, that's a great thing. You you know, someday you'll be like, I'm so glad I, yeah. I look young. It's annoying when you're 27 and they think you're 17, but when you're like 47 and they think you're 27. It's, it's, it's the it, best. Long term, <laughs> you will you will make your peace with this. I promise you. It's going to turn out yeah. great. Because <laughs> it can go the other way because I'm also 27. And so look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so um are you currently training for the next olympics i don't uh, know how all this works and i just know that bex gentry one of our instructors obviously just said that she's going to the olympic trials for great britain i, I don't know how any of this all fits together i thought it was just one olympics one place to go so i'm confused yeah so it's it's one of well there's one olympics and then the olympic trials every country does it differently so some countries don't have a trials race they just select people oh Usually Great Britain does theirs at the London Marathon. So the London Marathon is usually, I think that's in like April or so. And so normally they'd have the London Marathon and then all the Great Britain runners would run in that and then they'd select their team from there. Then the United States has a separate Olympic trials race. So we did ours on February 29th of last year. So it was obviously we were planning on it being in 2020. Yeah. So, and that's, tip, that's like typical for the marathon because they want to do it early enough so that you have time to recover and then get a full training cycle in for the next, you know, for the Olympics in, in July. Um, whereas like the, for track or swimming or any of the other events, typically their trials will be like three weeks before. So you're in peak shape and then you, then you go right into the Olympics, but the marathon, they have to do, you know, months in advance. So, you know, so yeah, we did ours in February 29th. That's where I was seven. Um, so I didn't make the. 2020 or i guess now the 2021 team and who, yeah, who, we're, wait, we're, who, who makes it who's who's what if you didn't make it at seven who makes like, it what's the cutoff point the, t- the top three that's it wow yeah. <laughs> oh. Holy cow. 
I mean, in my mind, seven is freaking amazing. So I can't. (laughs) 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 Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but I did see I was I'm like I've been following now. I didn't know. I knew well when I first took one of Bex Gentry's classes, I was like, wow, she's she's pretty fit. But I didn't know like she was like I didn't really know what she did or anything. And then I like heard she qualified for the trial where they she invited they invited her to the trials. So I like then I'm like, okay, I gotta like look her up. And then I found her on Strava and then I pretty much stopped all her training. <laughs> and she's she's in really good shape. So she ran two thirty seven at New York, which is a pretty tough course. So that that's a you know, that's a pretty, that's a good time, but she's, she's in really good shape right now. Um, that's like a lot faster in my, from just judging her training, like a lot faster than 237 shape and the Olympic like standard is 229.30 and she's done all of her pace work for that. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan now. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's honestly, it's the whole Peloton thing is weird. Like when they're first, like when I first kind of heard them, they're like, oh, Peloton family, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is weird. But then like, <laughs> after, you, after you're in it for a while, you like really feel like, oh, these people are my friends. Like it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but you really, you really do feel like that. I completely agree. I, you know, th- I, honestly, I credit Peloton to the fact that I have gotten to the point where I work out, you know, four or five times a week. Like th- Peloton has changed my life. So I'm I'm a huge, huge Peloton fan. I love all the instructors. And I think a class, if you haven't taken it yet, you should really try one of either Beck's or Robin's um, version of the New York City Marathon. They like go through and like say this is what it's like. And I would be curious of what what you think of that because it's like they they take a 45 minute class and they like break it down like miles one through four like this and miles five through seven or like this and they kind of take you through each section of the New York City Marathon and Robin did that at one that. point you get mugged it's very authentic <laughs> um, and Robin's Robin's version I, I did I've done it a couple of times because I really I feel like it's a super inspirational class like it like feels good it feels like you're really there Every time I take that class, I'm like this close to I should actually sign up for a real marathon and do it. Um, And then I come to my senses because I'm like, oh, that was only like four miles. So like (laughs) I still have the other 18 to go or whatever. But anyway, I think you should try that if you haven't taken all those classes. Do you do you still are you keeping the the Peloton programming? Are you keeping it? Yeah, well, at least for this month, because I I missed the date. (laughs) It it, it auto renewed and I, I forgot about it. That's how they get you. <laughs> That's how they get you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing a few more classes that like, and now I basically just do some of the live classes now because they're, they're, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah. Have you, have you taken the live DJ runs with uh, Adrian? I haven't taken a DJ run, no. They're fun. Oh, are they called DJ What are they called? Yeah, they're called live DJ runs. And so they have DJ John Michael over in the corner. And then like Adrian, it's usually Adrian, but it's been other instructors. And then they'll be like running and it's like basically a party on the treadmill. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to wrap up the week. It's awesome. Well, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look for that one. <laughs> so as a professional runner, a professor of running. Yes. I need your expert opinion. Um, oh, dear. In a race, Speedy Gonzalez or Roadrunner, who wins? Um, I would, I'd say Roadrunner, just because I never really watched. I never really watched Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, it had been gone by the, they wouldn't show it anymore by the time you were a kid. So yeah, yeah totally. I only saw Roadrunner. So 
I think I maybe saw like one Speedy Gonzalez clip. It wasn't even the. An, I would think Roadrunner just because he's got the leg spread. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the mouse is really fast, but it's little tiny mice legs. So. I see. To me, it's the little cartoon dust that's behind him whenever he takes off, you yeah. know, and the sound effect. That's that's how I know he would win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flash or Superman? Oh. Well, Flash is actually running. I feel like Superman's. Cheating because he's flying. <laughs> I okay. think that's a fair analysis, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although Flash taps into the speed force, which I, could be classified as a oh performance my, enhancing honey, drug. No, no. So one, I don't know how no that. No one cares. Works. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this is uh, like that Amazon Prime show. What is um, it? Uh, the boys. The boys, yeah. yeah. The, the fast guy, and they're all taking that drug or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm so that's happy they turned. I haven't watched that show yet, but I'm so happy they did because I have all of those issues. So, do you really? Oh yeah, I bought them all of when they came out because it's written by Garth Ennis and he's great. Right. And so if it's Garth Ennis, I'll buy it. And so now they're all like 150 bucks an issue. I'm like, this is yes. how we go down rabbit holes. This is my 401k. I... <laughs> that's what I did. Okay, so what uh, do you mind sharing your leaderboard name with people or? Yeah, it's just C.J. Albertson. I actually knew that because I heard you. C.J. and then there's a there's a underscore. Underscore, gotcha. Albertson. I, I heard you get a shout out the other day, so that's pretty cool. I was in a class. Oh, I heard cool. you get a shout out. So. Oh, what class? What? Uh oh my god, this is terrible. I can't help you. Don't look. At I me. know. Why am I looking at you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel okay. I think it was Selena. I think it was a class with yeah. Selena. Selena Samuela. And I, I want to say it was her Women's History Month, but I'm not positive about that because I took. I think a- I did that one, so okay, probably. then it probably was. Then you probably get so many shout outs because everybody's like, "Wow, look at him at the top of the leaderboard." <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. It's very cool. So, uh, do you have any advice uh, for people just getting uh, into running or getting a tread? I mean, just stay, just stay consistent with it. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing with running. Like when you first start, like a lot of little things may hurt. Like just like your body just won't feel that good. Um, But if you can do it consistently, like just trying to run like at least three days a week and then getting up to like four days a week, like that, that really helps like that consistency over a couple, like couple weeks, then couple months, then, then it starts to get easier. But for the first like six weeks, running's just hard. Like it's (laughs) how it is. And it kind of hurts. And then you wake up and you're Achilles and your like everything just kind of aches your shins are all messed up once you get kind of past that point then it's like you can just casually run and you can run and like you can run and talk at the same time and I feel like (laughs) when you get to that point then it's like oh running is kind of enjoyable now So the first six weeks are hard, which is why you should start it in the fourth grade. Yes. That's, yes. that's, that's the takeaway. It's like learning a new language. Yeah. If you don't start in the fourth right. grade, or if you don't start when you're four, you're... So no. the ship has sailed for me. Good yeah. to know. No, no, no. No, that's what he said. <laughs> Honey, he's a professor. I'm not going to go against the professor. No, there's, there's lots of people that have uh, definitely started later in life and... Have done well. My my uncle does like Ironmans and does a ton of, done tons of marathons. And he didn't start running until he was in his the 40s, fifth so. grade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, clearly, your uncle took to it faster than I did. So yeah. that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Before we go, uh, where can everyone find you on social media? So Brooke Shoes will get off your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything I have is just CJ Albertson. I guess there's not that many CJ Albertsons in the world, so I get to use my name. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so I'm, the two biggest things I use are Strava and Instagram. 
And yeah, I'm just CJ Albertson on those. I'm going to go follow you on Strava so I can feel sad every time I see how amazing you are. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. And like Tom said, this has been a lot of fun. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Next week, we're going to be talking to Karen Ruddy. She is the uh, mask extraordinaire. She Ah. sent out a... I'm not I'm not going to tell you the number of masks, but it's a lot, a lot, a lot of masks. Yeah. So um, awesome. Until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Crystal D'O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, the bike, and of course, the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clip Out while you're there. Like the page, join the group, and of course, sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. Running.